Get the full bonfire experience on your screen. YouTube.com slash bonfire sports. Thumbs up, subscribe. You'll know when we're live. Enjoy the games. What's going on, everybody? I uh, just want to read a text here to get things started. This is Joe from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. He texts the Bonfire Sports Hotline saying, beating the Riders never gets old. How about that for a game coming back from the bye as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers sweep the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in all three games this regular season? Tonight's final score, 31 13 for Winnipeg. They improved to 12, uh, pardon me, 13 and 2 on the season and also secure a home playoff date. That's not the West final necessarily yet, but it will be at least the Western semifinal at IG Field this coming November. Welcome inside game day after dark. My name is Darren Bombing. Zach Schnitzer, the Schnitz, is on his way home to his studio. from IG Field. What a madhouse on Matheson it was tonight. 33,234 people in attendance, capacity crowd, and great to see a sellout uh, and so many orange t-shirts and orange gear in the crowd for this Truth and Reconciliation Day and the game version uh, on this uh, very important day as well. Well, I don't know where you guys want to start. Maybe we can start with the Blue Bombers defense because without their level of play tonight, Winnipeg would not have been where they finished with a win tonight. They did allow uh, nearly 400 yards of total offense tonight, 390 total net yards the Saskatchewan Rough Riders put together, but Winnipeg shut down Cody Fajardo and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders offense when they needed to. Six takeaways tonight. Six times the Blue Bombers took the ball from the Rough Riders. Yeah, one time was in garbage. Another, you could almost say, was desperation mode, three down territory for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and a turnover on downs. Um, But Either way, the way they took the ball away really kept the momentum in the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' favor. They took it away on downs in the second quarter. They took it away. uh, Jamal Parker interception in the second quarter. He returned that 37 yards to the Saskatchewan 37-yard line. Original line of scrimmage, not the 37, but the 38. Could have been a perfect interception and return for Jamal Parker, but I'm sure he's, uh, you know, um, hitting the locker room tonight feeling perfect uh, with the way that interception went for him. Of course, Cody Fajardo fumbled a snap early in the second half. That was recovered by Brandon Alexander. And then, as I mentioned, um, a turnover on downs in the third quarter, a turnover on downs in the fourth quarter, and then that late interception uh, in garbage time. Uh, Shout out to everybody who is joining us here. Tons of people have jumped on. Uh, Love having everybody joining us here live on game day after dark. Um, I don't know. Maybe I should go through uh, some of the uh, the comments tonight uh, and, and love everybody for joining. Well, it looks like I'm having a little bit of trouble. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to pull up uh, comments today, but I can still see them uh, on the screen. Just can't highlight them uh, like we normally do, but feel free. Oh, there it is. 
hit the bonfire hotline, 204-816-TIPS. That's 816-8477. Standard text message rates apply, just like when you text your mama is the way I always uh, like to say it. Following tonight's uh, huge win for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, they sweep the Calgary Stampeders. They sweep the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That's six of their 13 wins right there against two teams everybody expected to be in the hunt for the playoffs this season. BC coming into this year, I don't think a lot of people had them as a top three team in the West Division. Maybe number three, but definitely not a top two team uh, with a first-year starter, second-year player in Nathan Rourke, still an unproven commodity at that time. Of course, he elevated that entire team and they came roaring out. They still sit um, in third place in the Canadian Football League West Division. So a sweep of Calgary, a sweep of um, of the Rough Riders. I know that feels good for Rider Nation uh, or feels good for Blue Bomber Nation to put Rider Nation uh, down on their behinds uh, in three straight games. But this sets Winnipeg up with excellent position in the standings. Their destiny is in their own hands, which is always what football teams want. Two more games remaining against the BC Lions. It's a home and home with a bye week in the middle in week 20. Uh, and then, of course, a home date with the BC Lions to wrap their 21-week regular season schedule and their third bye uh, going into that. Uh, great to see Frosty, uh, Friesen, uh, Corey May, Phyllis, uh, Transcona Pauly, Waiters, uh, everybody uh, joining us here. That's just absolutely awesome. Uh, you want to take a look at the stats? Let's do that. Here are the stats. You know, maybe I'll try to make them a little bit bigger for you guys. And hopefully that uh, looks okay. I'm working with one screen tonight. I don't know if you guys noticed, but not regular Bonfire Studios tonight. Absolute zoo getting in, coming out of IG Field because a lot of people left early with Winnipeg um, having such uh, a heavy lead. Uh, I don't know. If I was in the stands, I wouldn't have left early tonight. I think you'd want to drink in that atmosphere uh, and drink in uh, a 13th win for the Blue Bombers this season. But I digress. Cheers. Maybe I will take a sip uh, of some water here. Uh, as you can see on your screen, pretty close in the first down category, Saskatchewan actually had more first downs than Winnipeg. Now, what did we see? We saw Winnipeg really struggle to move the chains three straight two and outs to start the second half. But then it was bang, bang, huge explosion plays um, uh, that led to. Winnipeg taking a 24-13 lead. Nick Dembski got his second touchdown of the game in the fourth quarter to cap a two-play 70-yard drive. It was 28 yards to Dalton Schoen, 42 yards to the back of the end zone to uh, Nick Dembski uh, to make it a 11-point Blue Bombers lead. Saskatchewan then went two and out. Janarian Grant was able to corral his old fumble, so Winnipeg able to avoid potential disaster there. That would have been a huge momentum swing and great field position for the Rough Riders, but he's able to hang on to it. Two plays, 64 yards, an incompletion of Dalton Schoen, and then a 64-yard catch and run for Dalton Schoen. Runaway candidate leading the way uh, in the most outstanding rookie conversation in the Canadian Football League this season. Um, what an unbelievable performance he has had uh, He had, had tonight and he has had all season. If you look at uh, Dalton Schoen's numbers, game-high eight targets tied with Nick Dembski, 
four catches, 125 yards led all pass catchers tonight, uh, and three second down conversions. But where does that leave him in the season rankings? Well, Dalton Schoen now moves into first place once again, uh, has it all alone um, with 11 touchdowns to lead the Canadian football league. Dominique Rimes, BC Lens, they do play uh, this weekend. Uh, so we'll see if Rimes is able to uh, stay neck and neck with him there. How about Nick Dembski? He has five touchdowns in three games against his former team, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, this season, including two, two touchdown games, one tonight um, and one uh, in the Banjo Bowl as well in that uh, absolute beatdown at IG Field uh, just a couple weeks ago. He is third in the CFL all alone with nine touchdowns this season. When Greg Ellingson went down to injury, the Blue Bombers decided to move on from Kenny Lawler and Darvin Adams. People were wondering, is Nick Dembski the guy? Is Greg Ellingson going to be the guy? Well, then Greg Ellingson goes down to injury a couple times this season. There's Dembski. There's Dalton Schoen stepping up and leading the way. Schoen also leads the entire Canadian Football League in receiving yards this year. He is ahead of Jalen Acklin by about 32 yards, uh, ahead of Dominique Grimes, Geno Lewis. Uh, those are the four receivers uh, that have over 1,000 yards this season. Dalton Schoen leading the league with 1,113 receiving yards this year. Um, Curious out there what you guys thought of this Blue Bombers victory. Of course, the defense played extremely well. The offense hit when they needed to. Um, but I thought the defense was really the catalyst to everything coming together for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers tonight. In the first quarter, a couple things that stood out to me. Adam Big Hill with a huge sack on Winnipeg native Keenan LaFrance, who got the start at running back for the uh, Rough Riders tonight. Uh, LaFrance finished um, with just 24 yards on the ground. He only carried the ball six times. Cody Fajardo was actually the game's leading or the Friders leading rusher tonight with nine carries for 36 yards. Uh, the man they call Swerve, Kieran Moore, he definitely had a day today, 10 catches on 13 targets for 76 yards. Um, but it was Keenan Schaefer Baker who definitely led the way uh, only three catches, but had 110 yards, including that long of 52 that helped set up uh, their only touchdown tonight. Uh, that says it all. Like last year, it was all about uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers not allowing touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Well, they're continuing to play extremely well uh, and, and keep sevens off the board. Cody Fajardo, that turnover on downs in the fourth quarter, like he had a touchdown on his arm to hit Keen Schaefer Baker in the flat. He would have strolled into the end zone to make it a much closer game at that time. Uh, but that fell incomplete. Um, that was a, a, a turnover on downs. I think it was their fifth turnover uh, of the game. And, uh, just an absolute backbreaker for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, I thought one player in particular that really played well, especially in the red zone, was halfback Dietrich Nichols, the man I like to call the human tarp or the tarpaulin. Uh, he is just absolutely lights out in the red zone. He even made that great play in the end zone that reminded me of the play he made late in the 108th um, 107th Grey Cup, rather. Or pardon me, yeah, 108th in Hamilton uh, just this past uh, 2021 season. Um, yeah, Fritchie, I agree with you. Nichols was great. Um, 
he he is just uh, really elevating himself every single week uh, to play better and better. And, and one of those big reasons why, uh, you know, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers um, uh, defense is playing so well. I see Zach has joined us. I want to make sure he's finished his bite. Looks like he's uh, chewing and, and having, uh, I'm going to bring him in. I'm going to bring him in. What's going on, Schnitz? How are you, man? Well, I didn't get it. I didn't get a chance to eat anything at the game. So I just was, I was, you know, just scarfing down a, a granola bar here because I need to have my energy up, buddy. But uh, what a, what a, the Saskatchewan Western playoff chances were just shown the door, baby. Uh, I saw your tweet. The door. And I wanted to let you have it. I, I didn't want to say it, but that, that's a great headline you wrote there. <laughs> Love that. What a, what a game. Like, where did we go in the third quarter? My God. Three straight two and outs to, uh, to start. Wow. And and just the, you know, one thing that I noticed, Darren, was the the field position battle. Like, Vedvik it and whatever was happening with Janarian Grants and our return and um, um, his blocking, we, we were just, you know, starting from way back in our in our um in our side of the field and i thought that really played all night all night it was What's great that? right like i, I vet uh-huh. versus legio mm-hmm. in the punch game. i thought that was critical oh legio legio had a great game i thought uh, and he tackled someone too right like he tackled the returner great tackle on mario alford yes. yeah what happened to Alfred? Did he go out? Because I, I, di- I didn't see him return punts or kicks. I, I, I didn't see anything uh, specific to that. I didn't. Mm. But uh, I did see a couple Blue Bombers uh, suffer some injuries. Yeah. Tonight. I saw Donald Rutledge leave the game. He looked healthy walking around on the sidelines, but didn't have his helmet with him. I wondered if he tweaked something. Oh, uh, really? He came back into the game. Uh, who was it? Retta Cramdy, uh, the Canadian mm. special teamer and uh, draft pick a couple of years ago by the Blue Bombers. Uh, right. stepped in at Dimeback, and I thought he played quite well there. Uh, but mm-hmm. hate to see Malcolm Thompson go down to injury, yeah. uh, as he has a couple times this year, but uh, I did not see him return to the field um, following that one. But that's that's mm-hmm. most definitely a, a tough pill to swallow if you lose yeah. Malcolm Thompson again. But, hey, did yeah. Brad and Alexander look like his old self? He was absolutely <laughs> bringing heat from safety. Holy cow. Oh yeah. He was smoking guys. It was, it was just great. You, you always want to see Brad. I mean, he's just a, such a huge fan favorite Darren and you want to see him laying the lumber. Right. And I did want to give some credit to, to um, what's the name. My brain is like completely fried. My, I brought my friend Caitlin and she makes me look like a, like a mediocre fan. She was just bringing it. Um <laughs> It was amazing. 45, uh, Jamal Parker. I thought, you know, they were, I knew they were going to test Holman Parker. Holm did get beat by Keon Schaefer Baker, but Schaefer Baker's a great player. And they and went at home credit, all day. They yeah, went at home all day long. They went uh, at him and yeah. then he got beat. He, you know, he got that pick at the end, but um, Parker, I thought had a beautiful interception. I think, I think Cody just let that one go and he thought his receiver would get it. Tevin Jones seemed to stop running and then decided Completely not to tackle that. That has caused like, if you have any respect for your coach, you don't do that. Like that guy should get cut for that. Like, I don't know what happened. He just stopped. Well, stopped I don't know about playing. Cut, but well, you know, you're not going to see the field. Bad, much if you give up like that. 
It's one play. Uh, You're not gonna cut a guy. I don't of one know. Play. Like it's egregious. He gave up not only on the route, like he just stopped and just let Parker get up off the turf yeah. and Terrible run play. by. Terrible and play. you're on a team that's fragile as the Riders, who were in that game. They were. I'm not saying that was the burning point, but wow, they the, like. I thought the Riders would be in the game. You know, we talked about this, right, Darren? Mm-hmm. You weren't. You weren't super comfortable g- letting them have the uh, going with the cover of, of eight, and then it went to seven. But I thought yeah. it would be three, four point game. And it was by the end of the third quarter. They owned us in the third quarter. Well, uh, it Zach was, was it was it was seventeen three at the half, right? Yeah, and then they and get then they just uh, keep their foot on the gas. They absolutely let Saskatchewan get back in. I thought mm-hmm. overall Saskatchewan's defense looked really good, but then mm-hmm. Winnipeg just exploded. Like they came yeah. out absolutely torching with Dalton Schoen, with Nick Dembski, and then late when they needed it. Saskatchewan yeah. was either tired or they just could not take down Brady Oliveira. He ran Brady, and ran and ran yeah. and absolutely iced the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Um, I think Cody Fajardo did not play his best game despite throwing for uh, for over 300 yards. But um, he had opportunities to score and he he kind of blew it. Um, yeah. I, I have no doubt the uh, the Ryder Collins shows are going to be uh, uh, pretty hard on uh, their QB1 in Saskatchewan right now. And at six and nine on the year, uh, to think this team is, is hosting the Grey Cup, they loaded up, extremely talented on both sides of the football. And their season looks completely lost at this it's point. Done. Six wins in 15 games. Ouch. <laughs> And you said you. I love what you said there with Brady Oliveira icing the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, it was starting to get cold there, so that's that's a that's a nice uh, little allusion to it. Starting to freeze, buddy. But he iced them, and to me, Darren, it looked like, and and it, and it was out of reach at that point, really. But it looked like just the riders just sort of bowing their heads in defeat and just giving up on the season. You know, they, they yeah. get like, they just, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Oliveira. I, I loved the, you know, he had a 6.7 yard average. He looked really good in the first quarter. Actually. I thought, I, I thought they went away from him a little bit, maybe too much in the third quarter, but again, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna judge Buck Pierce, but boy, like he just ran up the gut at will. And, and I just wondered, are they just sort of, you know, laying down for the slaughter there? This is against their bitty, bitter prairie rivals. They've lost three straight. Uh, it, their their season is essentially over. You know, they may get a crossover spot, but yeah, this, well, this rough. They they cannot I, clinch a playoff spot in the West now. Is that correct? I, I'm going to double check that. I'm just uh, I was just sending out a tweet. <laughs> I want to make sure people can uh, can join us live here on uh, game day after dark. But um, you know what? I'm going to pull that up. I'm going to pull that up right now. And, and I think the other thing that was, I'm just trying to square myself up here. I mean, the. You look good. You look, look really good. good. I look good. The turnovers, like stop stuffing them on happen. third and short. Yeah. Uh, Fajardo fumbles it. Uh, it looked like a reasonable snap from the center, Darren. They mm-hmm. just, the, the penalties, although the Bombers had their fair share of penalties, but. Um, 
Uh, they missed a they missed a couple holding calls in Saskatchewan, as they always do against the Riders, as Bomber Nation knows. But mm-hmm. I thought the, the the Riders just fumbled that game away. Really, I'm not saying that they lost more than we won, but yeah, like one bird saying, like you can't make third and inches. And then they they had a third and one where Fajardo could literally have just fallen forward or ran forward. And they, they, you saw a couple fullbacks and then the running back back there. And like, what are you doing? Like, if I'm a Ryder fan, I'm incensed at that. This team could not afford those turnovers. And, and that pick, I, I don't know if it was Tevin Jones to stop running. I think it was a bit overthrown, Darren. Well, if wow. he quit running, it was clearly overthrown. But great yeah. job by Jamal Parker to, um, yeah. you know, it was a great catch. It. Yeah. yeah, great catch. But I thought the but like, what did you think of the offense? Because it looked like some of the receivers dropped a few balls. But then I saw Sean. Sean looked like he was overthrown on one. But then I saw him being coached up by uh, I guess it would be Kevin Burgoyne on the sideline, saying like, "Hey, you have to come back in." And he, you know, he patted him on the head, and then Zach patted him on the head. So you know, we don't know. Like maybe they right. just weren't on the stage. They were clearly just going for the big throw, though. Like, they really were living. Like well, he, it eventually worked. 14 passes. Four yeah. of them for touchdowns over 25 yards. Like, yeah. it's insane. No, it, it, it eventually started working. Before I give my thoughts on the offense, I just want to mention this. So, um, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have qualified for the playoffs 16 of the past 19 years. Oh wow! Sixteen of the past nineteen years, they have qualified for the playoffs. They're hosting the Grey Cup this year. As I mentioned, extremely talented on both sides of the football. Coaching staff has been in place for a long time. Uh, yeah. Jason Shrivers, Jason Moss, Craig Dickinson, everything was set for them. Uh, yeah. They're they're now. If Calgary wins over Toronto, what is that yeah. tomorrow? Yeah. If Calgary wins, Saskatchewan is eliminated from West Division playoff contention. Oh, the, okay. So they're not qualify for the playoffs via the crossover. And to be perfectly clear on this, that means they have to have a better record than the third place team in the East. Yeah. They cannot have the same record and win by tie break. They have to have a better record, plain and simple, uh, to qualify for that. Uh, Winnipeg has now, th- this, this uh, stat from Mike McIntyre of the Winnipeg Free Press the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have now won seven straight head-to-head games against the Saskatchewan wow. Red Riders. The combined four in those seven straight wins, 202-98. to 98. Wow. Now, they've played a lot of tight games, but the yeah. blowout in the, the Banjo Bowl uh, tonight winning uh, by, what is it, you know, 22 points um, or, or whatever it yeah. is. Um yeah, that's my math magician uh, for myself right there. But uh, it's not much of a rivalry right now. These no. days, you know, five, six, seven years ago, Saskatchewan having very good teams, going on yeah. to winning the Grey Cup uh, in 2013 and that sort of thing. Um, they used to beat the crap out of the Bombers. And yeah. Ryder Nation used to really grind it in there and throw salt in the wound and the rest. Uh, Winnipeg has been dominant over their Prairie Rivals uh, as of late, uh, three meetings in the regular season this year. That's the first time that's happened in a long, long time. They also played in the preseason. Not that that matters, but it is yeah. four meetings uh, per year. And, and now the only way they will play each other again is if Saskatchewan okay. magically wakes up and 
magic wand and, and turns their season around and they're able to, um, you know, come out of the East and, and meet the Blue Bombers in the Grey Cup. Um, Winnipeg's offense. Uh, you know, I was getting a lot of messages on the Bonfire hotline. Nice. I know you love that hotline. Thank you, oh, everyone. Yeah, if he doesn't get enough messages on there, he gets cranky. Yeah, well, like he needs to get that those messages. I, I I got messages right now. Like somebody called and then they texted and said, "Sorry, I called by mistake." Freezing here. What's going on, freezing? Freezer. Uh, Oliver is not the timid running back he was earlier no. in his career. I, I couldn't agree more. He looks just authoritative running the football, and it wasn't just the big runs to ice it late. He picked up five and six-yard carries when it really mattered. Um, Very impressive performance uh, from Brady Oliveira, I thought, uh, tonight. Um, What were his numbers? Well, I think he had 101 yards, 6.7-yard average. That's right, Uh, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, he didn't didn't even have a catch. Only four receivers caught passes tonight. Yeah, shown uh, four catches on eight targets for 125 yards. Uh, Before you joined us, I talked about where he is uh, leading the league in touchdown receptions, leading the league in receiving yards with 1,113. Um, Of course, the, you know, the players right on his heels, Jalen Acklin and and Dom Rimes and uh, Geno Lewis, they all play later this week. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But, um, you know, Nick Dembski, five catches on on eight targets, 94 yards. They also uh, carried the ball three times for 21 yards. Uh, So he he did a great job uh, with those jet sweeps and and that sort of thing as well. I thought Greg McRae was a nice kind of change of pace. He carried the ball twice for nine yards, um, had that one nice run of seven. but you know when you, when you get your quarterback uh, able to hit on some of those deep shots and not turn the ball over, like Zach Kolaris was fifty six percent tonight, fourteen <laughs> of twenty five throwing, not his greatest numbers, no, but did not turn the ball over, threw for nearly three hundred yards, two ninety six on the day, four touchdowns. So what yeah. does that result? You only go fifty six percent passing. It doesn't sound great, but it's it's not quite sixty. Yeah, you throw four TDs and no interceptions, and and nearly three hundred yards. Well, that gives you a quarterback efficiency rating of one hundred and fifty one point four, which is <laughs> almost perfect. Seven points off perfect. Yeah. So you know, I I I think not enough is said uh, with how stabilized this Blue Bombers team is with good defense, with a um, you know a, a complementary group of running backs and receivers or receivers that can run or running backs yeah. that can receive that from one game to another, you know, uh, Greg Ellingson's out up step up is, is Nick Stemsky and Dalton shown. And you get a uh, two touchdown game from Carlton Agadosi. And then Rashid Bailey has a touchdown uh, in the yeah. early parts. And Bolo played well today again. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you're seeing an emergency for 36 yards. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, I, I think he's slowly getting a little bit more comfortable. He had one, play in particular it's like so he caught pretty much everything his way i think there was one incompletion uh which was very very good defense uh by Mm -hmm. uh, the defender who was guarding him so uh, overall i think uh, the blue bombers offense uh, was doing great i want to hear from everybody out there what did you like best about the blue bombers offense uh in tonight's 31 13 win over the saskatchewan rough riders um the defense, though, to me, Zach, and I'd love your your take on this, was that stabilizing phase of 
the Blue Bombers yeah. game tonight that really just didn't allow Saskatchewan to get too much going. Uh, they really just, you know, allowed yards, but didn't allow points. Just one touchdown uh, allowed tonight. Yeah. And, and that was, um, you know, a pretty impressive play from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But the goal line stops, the short yardage stops, uh, the takeaways, obviously, all part of that. Um, defense was on point. I, I thought, uh, you know, Caitlin and I, who I took, my good friend Caitlin, I think she's on the chat here. She was just awesome. Hi, Caitlin. Uh, Sorry you had <laughs> to watch da- the game. daughter made us some signs. It was just amazing. She, Like I said, she made me look like a mediocre, like quiet little monk sitting next to her, and that's not that's easy painful. to do, but um, she rocked it. Uh, but, yeah, like the – I was impressed. I, I looked at um, looked at Goche. He got beat, uh, you know, on a, a longer pass. Home gets beat. Rose gets beat on one when Pajardo escapes the pocket. You know, there's a, there's a few gaffes, but and then Rose has that pi, which some called questionable. But other than that, you know, they were opportunistic, man. They were opportunistic and turnovers win you football games. Yeah. Right. We had the nothing turnover at the end, but what we had five turnovers in the game uh, really yeah. held them in the red zone, except for one, six turnovers. Uh, I was really impressed. And, and uh, Willie on those guys were, were just getting off the ball quick and tons of pressure on Fajardo. Uh, I loved what the defense brought, you know, they gave up yards, but it's that typical Richie Hall, Ben, but do break, which they, which they hate, but you know, it is what it is. You know, Saskatchewan moved the ball on us, but you know, you get 13 points. It doesn't matter if you have 400 yards of offense, 13 points is 13 points. And um, yeah, I just thought, I, I agree with you. I thought the defense was great. And, and I, I would give a nice little shout out to Jamal Parker who hasn't been there very long, right? Uh, you know, pick, picking up game. a really important uh, interception there. And growing that's stalling. Pain. Yeah, grow, of course they're going to have growing pains. I'm not sure if Evan Holmes is, is ever going to get there. He seems a little bit slow, but hey, it's early. I, I, you know, I'm no expert. Uh, just, I, I just think look. the Blue Bombers are, are gravely missing Demario Houston. Oh, yeah. And- Definitely also missing Nick Taylor, Nick who, Taylor, um, yeah. you know, nothing definitive officially from the team, but from what I'm hearing, it doesn't sound very good for uh, the short term or medium term prognosis for Nick Taylor. But of course, we will wait and see. Uh, you'll always get hope. Uh, from the head coach. Um, yeah. Somebody was asking there is, is Paul Police going to replace Craig Dickinson next season? No chance. No chance that happens. First of all, Paul Apolis might get fired in Ottawa. I don't think he's going to walk into another head coaching job. Two, I don't think Craig Dickinson's job is in jeopardy. I really Really? don't. I know some people are going to think that's insane, but I really do believe that uh, he has the confidence of Jeremy O'Day, their their general manager. And maybe if he has the confidence of Jeremy O'Day, then Jeremy O'Day uh, maybe shouldn't have the confidence of Craig Reynolds. Like, let's be honest here. Yeah. I mean, you're you're talking about the talent, and I, and I know some people were maybe arguing with you on there. I saw a couple of people saying talent. I agree with you, Darren. Oh, my God. If that you don't team has Ro- talent. Hang Look on. If, if you out there don't – sorry, Zach. I'm going to cut you off because this is asinine. If yeah, you don't they have think talent. the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have talent, you 
aren't watching. Yeah. Darnell Sankey at middle linebacker, Larry D. Dean at weak side, and Derek Moncrief yeah. at the dime. Those the best linebacking core in the CFL. Anybody in the league. Any yeah. day. Okay. Now let's talk about Pete Robertson and AC yeah. Leonard. And then you got Charleston Hughes that you can rotate in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Demarcus yeah. Christmas, not, you know, like lights out uh, defensive tackle, but, but pretty good player. They've, they've got some players on the inside, the O-line. I get it. They are not a good group, but Keen Schaefer Baker, Duke yeah. Williams, Shaq Evans, Kieran Moore, um, uh, Brendan Lenius, Justin McInnes, like, unbelievably deep at oh yeah duke well yeah duke williams ken schaefer baker is a you remember jamal morrow i do he was rushing early this season him and kadeem perry were going toe-to-toe before um morrow got hurt and then who stepped in Mm -hmm. frankie hickson and he look at the special teams look at the special teams you got lowther vedvik great picker um alfred returning uh you've got Adam, who who's pretty good, you know, Canadian safety. Yep. Um, Milligan, who's made some good plays. Uh, Marshall, they've got talent, but I think you know. And Fajardo, you know, for all of the for all the crap I give him, and I do think he's a whiner. I I thought there was a couple plays he made that were really impressive, escaping like two. There was one that that big throw down the where he beat Rose down the right sideline from where I would like, he beat like three or four D D linemen. They couldn't catch him. His ability to run the ball when he, when his knee is intact anyway, hit those short couple. I thought, I thought Fajardo had a pretty good game. He couldn't finish drive, but this is a team that has talent. And when a team that has talent, doesn't execute and doesn't come through you got to look at the coach you got to look at the culture of that team but anyway i don't want to make this all about the riders i i I do i do want to mention the bombers (laughs) let's talk about the bombers and and just being opportunistic zach was opportunistic. that's my word of the day zach was opportunistic four of 14 of his passes for 92 96 four touchdowns (laughs) right like uh, six turnovers, timely turnovers. You know, the defense was getting marched on, but they turned the ball over. Unbelievable. Like, And, and I almost thought that Kalaris was toying with them, Darren. They just fell asleep in the third quarter, and all of a sudden, uh, Caitlin turned And I'm like, they need some guard catch. And then Dembski for 42, like two play five. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're still playing. We're still the best team of the league, uh, We, you know. It was just after the bye, we were a little bit sleepy from rescuing dogs and, and uh, <laughs> you know, catching catfish and having spending babies. time with the family, seeing, having, you know, getting, right? having a baby, right? Like, I just, I was just laughing. And the, let's talk about the Shown touchdown. Yes. Like, am I choppy? I, I, I've got you, my you Ethernet You were a little in. choppy. You're, you're oh, okay, I got, you're I got good. my Ethernet in. Sorry, guys. No, yeah, no, uh, your, your levels are fine. It just for for whatever reason, just a little choppy. Uh, I'll quickly comment on on the Dalton shown. Uh, oh my etch, god! And then I'll get your thoughts. We we do want to get to the Happy Honker Wallby's yes, Warrior we uh, Westwood Wide to the right. Uh, the bonfire burning point. Um, lots of great candidates uh, for for those tonight. So we'll, we'll do that in a second. But um, you will see. Uh, 
diving touchdown catches. You will see touchdown catches that are, are tons of yak yards after the fact, one-handers, all of those sorts of things. What Dalton Schoen did tonight on that touchdown catch was elevate, out physical, and then make an athletic catch. And then great running after the catch to, to get to the end zone. One of the best plays uh, of the, the season for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, in my opinion. Dare I say it was Milton Stiegel-esque, right? Did like, he get physical like that? I don't know. I don't know that he'd get physical, but 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 just the, the hand-eye coordination in traffic and then being able to turn on the afterburners mm-hmm. uh, and beating a couple more guys, I, you know, now that, that is a play what we will remember for a long time. Yeah. Unbelievable hands and concentration. And <laughs> this is a rookie. Yeah. He'd never even played in the waggle. Like he never even used the waggle. And, and I, well, I in that article, he, he's one of the best guys at the waggle. Now he blocks, right? You see him blocking on those jet sweeps. So, I, I, I do want to say to everybody out there, I, I apologize. I'm having issue with the live chat tonight. I can see all of your comments, but they quickly go away. I'm not able to kind of like scroll back and, and grab some. I'm not able tonight, unfortunately, to click on them and bring them up on the screen. I did want to mention uh, Donnie Boy uh, was saying, if, if the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are so talented, why aren't they winning? Talent isn't everything. No. Talent has to work hard. Like I, I remember... Uh, you know, when I was in, I was in college, I had an instructor tell me, um, hard work beats talent. Yeah. But if talent works hard, can't beat, nobody can beat it. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great line. Talent has to gel. Talent has to work hard. Talent has to be put together. Um, it's not just, you know, you put together an all-star team, are they going to beat the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? of the best other players in the league you at every position. I don't know. I don't think so. I really don't. You, it takes a lot more than that. Yeah. You, you have to have the culture. You have to have the right coaching. You have to have the habits. You, you have to have the personalities. Your teammate, right. That's yeah. the number one habit, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, and you talked earlier about how, how these guys want to play for each other, right? Like that, that's going to sustain you more than wanting to play for the man, to play for the boss. Right. Mm-hmm. Although I will say these guys would run through a, it's use a cliche. They would run through a wall for O'Shea. I mean, he, he really, he really inspires people. Right. But yeah, he, he's an exceptional coach. You saw that thing with the, with the ball hit the guy in the back of the helmet. O'Shea was right on that with the no yards. Right. <laughs> I love that. You just saw him just right in the ear of those reps. So- He's so John, he's so on the ball. <laughs> John Hodge of, of Three Down Nation, who who sits close to me in the, in the press box during the oh, home yeah. game, um, really sharply pointed out that um, even if it wasn't five yards, like even it's like four, and like maybe you'll win, maybe maybe you'll win the challenge. Sometimes it's like okay, we're gonna win this challenge, and they challenge it right because they know they're gonna win it. Other yeah. times it's why not because it wasn't just a 15 yard penalty for no yards. Now I'll get back to that in a second. It was a five yard penalty for no yards. Why every no yards penalty is supposed to be 15. We'll get to that in a second. 
but Mike O'Shea knew that that penalty would be assessed from the spot of the foul. So it hits Hassel, TJ Hassel, the Blue Bombers yeah. uh, newly acquired rookie defensive back who's, uh, you know, working on special teams uh, almost entirely right now, hits him in the helmet, gets past um, Janarian Grant and, and, and goes another, you know, 15, 20 yards downfield. Well, Instead of Winnipeg just saying, okay, we got the ball on our own 13 or 17 or whatever it is, Mike O'Shea knew that that would be assessed from the spot of the foul. So you give it a go. It's a huge field position swing. Ended up netting the Blue Bombers like 36 yards or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And was it no yards? It was accidental no yards. So the official on the field called it a 15-yard penalty. He then clarified himself and said it was a five-yard penalty. We're all looking around each other. You know, you got the CFL stats crew nearby and like, what, what like, what's going That's on? That's so interesting. So this year, all no yards penalties were 15 yards. But we all learned, unless it is an accidental or incidental, um, I think they call it accidental, no yards penalty. So if, if the player doesn't realize that the ball hits them in the head or, or that the ball is, is somewhere and, they don't, and it's an accident, it's just a five-yard penalty. But very sharp by Mike O'Shea to oh, challenge yeah. that because that brought oh, the man. ball not just 15 yards, not five, not 15, but 36. I think it was 37 yeah. yards, 35, yeah, it whatever huge. it was. Huge uh, chunk it's of so real funny the CFL, like even, even reporters and professionals up there in the box, right? You learn something okay. new. Often <laughs> there's so many uh, little tweaks and nuances, but the field position battle, I thought, I know we're kind of going, I'm kind of going all over the place here, but the field position battle was really um, dominated by the riders. I thought for a lot, I thought, I thought Vedvik was punting phenomenally and, and um, we just couldn't get anything going, whether that was Janarian Grant or, or the, uh, the blockers, who knows, but uh, that really gave us trouble. So that I think that, you know, just to put an emphasis on what you said, Darren, to, to get that, you know, 36 yards was huge. I don't think they did anything with it. Uh, but just to have that field position was, oh, was yeah, no, important. This is the thing. It's not about can we get first down, first down, first down and then score. Sometimes it's about, okay, you know what? Their offense is really clicking right now. We need to move the ball when we have it on offense, being the Blue Bombers um, or, or any team. Uh, I'm yeah. saying we as in the, the offense. It's old habit of mine. Yeah, yeah. We, we, know, we know you're a secret Bomber fan. It's no, okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a secret offensive guy. Uh, but you want to move the ball so your defense doesn't have to be so stout right? It's about helping the defense. Uh, if the offense can move the ball and get it to midfield or flip the field with a big play, it takes a lot of pressure off the defense because instead of it being like a punting situation where you put it to midfield, you're now punting into opponent territory and that defense can allow a first down or two or a chunk play or yeah. two and, and still keep uh, the opponent um, out of field position. Uh, getting a couple texts here uh, on the hotline. Uh, getting this one here uh, from a 998 number. Give me your name. You just texted me again. Uh, but 816 tips, 816 8477. Uh, Dalton Schoen, will he um, get NFL looks? Uh, Schoen will 
get NFL looks. Uh, so did Kenny Lawler. I hope Sean can stay, uh, says this texter. Is that selfish? Uh, they add. Uh, Grant must have had an off game. He missed a bunch of kicks, like a, a bunch of, of returns. I think that's just how good a returner, uh, or pardon me, a punter Vedvik is uh, for mm-hmm. the Rough Riders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he had one knuckler too that really fooled uh, the D. I think the knuckler was that the knuckler was the one that went off Hassel's head, maybe. But there was another one that really fooled Grant, and he dropped it. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, he he's he's a special punter, Vedvik. I, I can see why they got rid of John Ryan. Uh, that's yeah. a bright spot for them. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it, great night. It, it, great night. I I even forgave the wave. You know, Steve uh, sitting behind me. Oh, Zach, they're doing the wave. I'm like, what's that? Seventeen ten. I know. I know. And guess what? Third quarter. I know, and that's exactly the score we had against Montreal when we lost, and they started the wave, by the way, and then Zach uh, got strip-sacked. Um, but I think some of that was the truth and reconciliation sort of buzz in the stadium. A lot, I think a lot of the fans that, that came in from up north or that were just really excited about about the, the festivities and honoring, you know, survivors of residential school and victims of residential schools and, and all of that. I, I think there was some of that in the air too. And so I, I it didn't bother me. I thought, you know, it was sold out. I, I, I think just the bombers do a phenomenal job with um, partnering with indigenous communities with what Negan Sinclair does. And, I just want to give a, a, a shout out to that. I think, you know, the, the, the dancers and the anthem and, and the, the pregame, um, how about stuff, the, like, uh, the, how official the official too calling the game? I wish they had announced that the official was going to do that. I had no idea. So I was confused at first, uh, what was happening, but he was, he was announcing it in, I'm not sure it was i think one bird put it up here in abbe or cree but like that was super cool i don't i don't know where they got that guy from but uh well and and at the end of the game he also said he also said megwitch like thank you for listening oh Uh, that's incredible kind of cool too uh one bird says ojibwe ojibwe yeah Yeah. i i just thought that was great i know the anthem was sung in ojibwe that was great yeah. That was great. You know, and they should do that more often. They shouldn't just do it once a year. They they should, first of all, they should have that decal. They should have that uh, uh, logo more often. It's it's just beautiful. Um, yeah. Designed by Danny Sinclair, who's Negan Sinclair's uh, sister. Oh, I, no. I ju- yeah, I, I just, I, 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 I'll say this, and maybe this will polarize a bit. You know, as a, as a dad of, of a, seven-year-old daughter who who I bring to the go bowl I would much rather see you know indigenous sort of jingle dancers or something like drum circles than than cheerleaders like I think we're past that here like if you want to have um cheer teams with men and women dancing and and things like that great but I I think we're past that you know I, I, I I'm not saying that cheerleaders or or a cheer team doesn't take it seriously and passionate about it but if you're going to do it, then have men and women, men and women dancing. Like, I think we're past the days of where you just have women with pom-poms. Like, I take my daughter to that. I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but I, it, it, it embarrasses me, to be honest. I'll, I'll come well, out quite strongly I, on it. 
It embarrasses I'll play devil's me. Advocate with you. I'll play devil's advocate with you there. Uh, you go to dance academies across Winnipeg. I imagine across the country, across North America. It's mostly women there, right? Yeah, I get it. So, I, I get what you're saying, but it's it's the idea. It just seems so patriarchal that there's these scantily clad women cheering for the men on the field. Are, are I, I, scantily clad, really? I don't know. Well relatively and they have these pom-poms and i just what the football players wear they they wear tighter pants there's tight ends on the on the uh on the team yeah in more ways than one but i i i just think as a dad i i i don't like it anymore i think you know what there's no women on the field there's women officials right which is great there was one uh official there today yeah fabulous i'm all for female empowerment. And if a woman can make the NHL, awesome. If they can make the NBA, great. Uh, if they can, uh, you know, better their, uh, you know, gender counterpart or whatever. Amazing. I think that's awesome. Uh, I think football is probably the one sport or one of the, the, the sports in the world that I don't know if females are going to be able to break through that. Uh, the Manitoba Bisons uh, and, and some other teams have had kickers. Uh, Canadian junior football has had females uh, play defense and, and, and play traditional non-kicking positions. But pro football, I don't know if we will get there. Someday would be awesome. I, all the power to women out there that, that play football and want to play football. Uh, I hope that there's a Michael Jordan out there uh, or um you know a uh, uh a clara hughes out there of football that can go in and shatter that uh that that boundary or, or you know uh, hurdle or whatever you want to call it that's awesome but when it's all men in a very masculine driven sport like football uh and there's women dancing I, I think that's okay. I, I personally don't have a problem with it. I, I'm not a father like you are, Zach. So, you know, I'll I'll, uh, I'll concede to you there. But uh, I love that there's female officials in the Canadian mm. Football League, mm. in youth sports, in Canadian junior football. Um, I think that's probably um, leading to more women seeing themselves in these things, in these positions and uh, aspiring to do that. So I, I sure hope we get women, um, you know, uh, more women totally. in the professional ranks. Um, yeah, I guess I uh, with the dance team, they have a stunt team too, where there's guys. I like the yeah. stunt team better. I'm, I'm happy. I'm more proud to show them off to my daughter than, than the, than the cheer team. And there's no shade on the cheer team. They, they work really hard. And I, I realize yeah. my daughter dances. There's, there's a lot more women in dance than men. I just think it would be nice. Uh, I, yeah, it's nothing against the cheer team and that's great. It would be nice to see some men in there or I don't know. It's just a little bit uncomfortable. Anyway, I think people don't want to talk about this much more. <laughs> let's, let's get to our, uh, let's get to our, uh, burning Wallaby boy and Wallaby warrior. Okay, let, let, let's, let's do our Wallaby warrior first. So, uh, the Wallaby warrior, we award every game day after dark to the individual in the game that went to battle, put it all on the line, uh, and helped their team. Uh, it can be a rough rider. It can be a blue bomber. Uh, it could even be somebody else. But uh, do, do you have a pick for your Walby Warrior tonight? So my Walby Warrior really is is Oliveira, actually. 
I thought, you know, you could argue that the riders had kind of given up there and he got a lot of his um, running uh, yards in the fourth quarter, rushing yards. But boy, did he look, did he look fired up? He's, he's now hitting the holes. Darren, he's not sort of waiting back there. He's got his confidence uh, that O line as well. I think they're they're part of a, a tandem. Zach really wasn't touched, and they just ran the ball really well with different looks. But I thought Oliveira was just he was just the hammer there in the fourth quarter, just to to put emphasis on that win. And uh, he was he was not only power running, but he was juking guys and and just like very Andrew Harris like like staying on his feet. You couldn't bring him down. I just loved seeing hometown boy and and just really a winnipeg hero manitoba hero for the stuff he does with dogs and my mother-in-law was talking about how handsome he was on those pictures with the dogs you know wait a minute wait a minute are you objectifying these athletes on the field (laughs) yeah i'm objectifying Oliveira. i am i am is your mother-in-law objectifying these she is he needs moms but uh Mm. he's i think he's leading the lead in rushing um Brandon, uh, Brandon saying Oliveira is 142 yards. No, but he's 142 yards away from a thousand. I mean, look at that, man. That's awesome. Like we, we were always wondering about, you know, did they, did they move on from Andrew Harris too early and was Oliveira ready for prime time? I mean, I think we basically forgotten that in the first few games of the season, Darren, everybody wanted, uh, Augustine in. They were like, is it time for Augustine? Well, this guy just 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 is looking better and better. Can can I read you a text I got tonight? Uh, yeah, didn't, didn't get a name, but uh, this texture to the hotline says, "With Oliveira and McRae running well, with Nick Dembski and Rashid Bailey getting touches in the run game as well, would you consider trading Johnny Augustine for some help on defense? Assuming there is a trade to be made now, the CFL trade deadline is this coming Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, October fifth. Um, the deadline's something like like ten fifty nine Eastern time or, or something like that. Uh, anyway, I don't see Winnipeg. First of all, who's going to want to help the Blue Bombers? It's got to be a team that is out of the playoffs because if you're in the East, why do you want to help the Blue Bombers? That ruins your chances. If you get into the Grey Cup, you're one win. You just got to knock off the Bombers once, and they are a beatable team. Yeah. Why would you help? the best team in the league. If you're in the West, you have to beat the Blue Bombers to even have a shot at winning the Grey Cup. Why would you help the Blue Bombers? That trade is a challenge for Kyle Walters to execute. That all said, what happens if Brady Oliveira gets hurt or Nick Dembski Mm -hmm. gets hurt? Mm -hmm. You telling me you don't want Johnny Augustine there? You, You don't trade your contingency plan. In is he injured though? Cup. Has, is his is he on is he is he on uh is he on any injury report? Because I haven't even seen him out there. No, no, he's no, he's just he's just not playing. He's just well, he's just the number two right now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, and when he's been in for spot duty, I haven't seen him do a whole lot. But he's not getting a whole lot of touches. So anyway, my Warriors all Oliveira. You you could give a special mention to. To Legio for just you know his kickoffs were good punts he hit his he hit all his point afters he's turning out to be a, a better than average kicker who was much maligned and and who was frankly 
booed. And then he has mm -hmm. a uh, he has a big tackle. So I, I thought he was a warrior as well, but I'm going to give mine to Oliveira. Okay. Okay. Uh, there were a lot of people mentioning, I'm just like, again, having trouble with the, uh, the live chat tonight. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, uh, some people laughing at waiters comment. He says, Ed Ganey for a first round pick and Pierre-Luc Dubois. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Um, okay. So, uh, people mentioning, um, Brandon Alexander as a Walby warrior, the blue bombers offensive line. Yeah. Uh, Legio would be a good choice. I think he he played really well and and yeah. put a real smack on Mario Alford. Um, you know, uh, and and probably saving a touchdown. Yeah. <clears throat> My Wolby Warrior tonight is Jamal Parker. Uh, a player yeah, nice. That really had the ball thrown his way a lot. Was rewarded tonight for not giving up on a ball, similar to Demario Houston, uh, who had that interception in the end zone uh, late in the game against Calgary at IG Field. Uh, don't quit. Keep working. And I think for Jamal Parker, this is a huge opportunity for him to yeah. solidify himself as a CFL regular. Um, he was not given that opportunity when the Blue Bombers defensive secondary was healthy. But now that they're down Nick Taylor and they're down Demario Houston, um, down Mercy Maston, uh, they've needed Jamal Parker to, to step in. And uh, I think he's done a good job in not allowing a lot of, of big plays. He had six tackles tonight. Winston Rose had nine. Mm. Those aren't good things. You don't want your DBs no. to have tackles. No, you don't. But the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I thought they used James Tuck, their fullback, extremely effectively. Yes. Uh, and they also, uh, you know, in, in using Tuck, they also went after, um, as expected, uh, Shane Gauthier at weak side linebacker. They went after home. They went after Parker. They went after Winston Rose. Um, a lot of yards. Sorry, Darren, no Darren, wasn't that tuck, uh, tuck catch on Shane Gauthier, I believe? Oh, yeah, but, I, but I that's why they kept going to tuck. Yeah. Yeah. Did you freeze up on me? Love your pick. I think. Oh, did I? Oh, you're back now. Am I frozen? I'm no, back. I just want you to say I'm you back. love my pick again. I love your pick. I love your pick. I, I think it's <laughs> okay. great, Jamal Parker. Westwood wide to well, the Hold west. on, hold on. A couple of things. Sorry, Darren, but someone's saying that uh, after Legio tackled Alfred, nobody saw him for the rest of the game. Like, Can did you he imagine? take out Mario Alfred? <laughs> well, do you remember it, when Mark Legio showed up to camp last <laughs> season? Nobody knew he was a kicker because he was like, oh, man, he's jacked. Yeah. That's awesome. The other thing I I, uh, I apologize. Augustine is is a is a regular on specials and, and plays pretty well yeah. there. So my bad there. I I I, uh, I forgot about that. But uh, yeah, sorry. You were saying Westwood ride to the right. Yeah. So uh, for those uh, uninitiated, the Westwood ride to the right is the moment in the game that either was a huge egregious error or something we didn't like. It can be on the field, off the field, that sort of thing. Uh, I'm going to quickly come out and say my West uh, Westwood wide to the right was the wave in the third quarter uh, with the game 17, uh, 10 Winnipeg. Uh, that said, I will caveat it by saying a lot of people at the game tonight that it's their first bombers game ever. Yeah. That's so cool. go have fun. I, I, I get it. But, but for many, that really rubbed him the wrong way. <laughs> I know. I, I, and again, usually I'd be incensed about the wave up 17, 10 again, just like about when we were playing Montreal and lost, but uh, yeah, I, I think some of it was 
the excitement of the, uh, you know, just the great job uh, the bombers did and, 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 um, you know, indigenous folks coming and, and flying in and, and honoring, you know, the whole really tortured history. So I, I think some of that was the excitement of it, but, um, Maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I'm not sure. Uh, for, yeah, Huss must have been losing his mind, Jeff Kabila says, for sure, for well, sure. Good, good note from Scott Roger here. Scott, by the way, rifle up. And I think I saw you on the Jumbotron tonight, but he says, wide to the right is Jason Moss calling third and short from the shot. Yeah, yep. that was super dumb. Super dumb. Uh, Bars just- do it too. I don't see it very often. I see Prukop come in and just plow forward for five or six yards. God, Prukop's good on those short yardage ones, eh, man? I hate to say I told you so. Uh, yeah, yeah, so you your, your, what, What's your westward wide to the so right? So my, my wide to the right, honestly, Tevin Jones giving up. Like, I know maybe I'm, I'm emphasizing that a bit too much, but well, Tevin, Tevin Jones giving up on that long ball and then insult to injury, you know, just basically stands there while Jamal Parker gets up and, and, you know, just, just continues to run it back to the Saskatchewan, like 45 completely flipping field position. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a quarterback, you know, he's a whiner and I'm not, I'm not super partial to Fajardo, but he's giving it his all right. And he played <laughs> not afraid I, to say it as it is. You're like, this guy's a whiner. He's a whiner. I, I thought, you know, Fajardo uh, played he was tough today. He's a tough competitor. He he's mm-hmm. a fierce competitor, and to just give up like that on a play where where you're desperately clawing for for a win and a playoff spot, I think was unconscionable. I I just I just don't I don't see how a guy like that sees the field again. Maybe he doesn't get cut, but yeah. that was just uh, absolutely terrible. No. I think I think that's a, a great pick and big thanks to all you fire starters out there uh, pushing the the bots out of the chat. Appreciate that uh, a lot. Um, Comet says his wide to the right was more bomber injuries. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, hopefully, um, hopefully, Malcolm Thompson is okay. Uh, yeah. Valuable player, valuable Just player, back to a, and, and a versatile safety um, yeah. and special teamer as well. Uh, hopefully he's good to go. Okay, so Walby's Warrior, Westwood Rider to the right. We, we've put through those. We still have our Happy Honker Award and our Game Balls. Am I forgetting? And Burning Point. Burning oh, Point. Of course. Okay, let, let, let's do our uh, Bonfire Burning Point. It's not the TSN Turning Point. It's the Bonfire Burning Point. The moment in this game that turned the corner for Winnipeg to come away with their 13th win of the season, 31-13. I think it was just, the, uh, yeah, I think it was oh, the beginning yeah. of the fourth quarter. Uh, Lowther kicks a field goal to make it uh, 17-13. The yeah. gate, it looks like they have all the momentum, the riders, and you're, the Bombers did not get a first down in the third quarter, Darren. Yeah. They were they were up 70-3 to three at half, as you said. You, you know, we were thinking the game was over, just how the Bombers were moving. And they go to sleep in the third quarter. They they were missing in action. And then all of a sudden, you know, 28-yard pass to Schoen. Like a knife through butter. 
42 mm-hmm. yard pass to, to Nick Stemsky in the end zone, doing second that basket catch second of the game. And uh, Kolaris talked about it on the post game. You know, he's actually, he said he's never played with a receiver who can locate the ball like that over the shoulder, like Willie Mays. And he, he, he was. Oh, now you're even though totally Willie like Mays was, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Who's Max Hedrew? What's this? What's what are we talking about here? You don't know who Max Hedrew is? No, I'm I'm a 39 year old dad. I I know. Uh, I know. I, You're like right know. on that boundary, like right on that that generational boundary. My Little Pony. I I, I know about. Uh, yeah, you know the new Disney movies. <laughs> Who's Max Headroom? Tell me. There's actually a good documentary about it. You Google it. You'll, you'll find okay. it. Okay. Um, so, so, so that two-play drive, you know, they, they're now going up like what? 24-13. now 24-13, you know. Hi, Tamara. Unbelievable. Tamara's there. Anyway. Shout out to everybody out there. And, and do want to uh, uh, thank you all for joining us here uh, on Game Day After Dark. Always awesome in, in the triple digits. Tons of people joining us live. Uh, many people will be listening to this uh, on podcast as well. But uh, youtube.com slash bonfire sports. Subscribe. Set a notification. You'll know when we're live. And do us a favor. Right below the video, just give us a thumbs up. Uh, helps us out so very much. Or if you're watching this non-live, jump into the comments. I always respond uh, if you have a question, that sort of thing. Of course, you can always text the hotline as well as you see it right above my head. And for those on the audio podcast, 204-816-8477. I just looked up Max Headroom. That's what you were doing. I was, um, and there was, it's Matt Frewer, uh, is the actor. And he, he was an actor. I, I do know my Star Trek, uh, the next generation, Matt Frewer was a, was a regular character on the, really? I think the next TNG. Yeah. Yeah. Best TMI. show ever. <laughs> TMI. Come on. TMI. TNG was the best show ever. Still is Star Trek next generation. Incredible. Oh, that's what that Incredible. <laughs> Love that show. INT TD. <laughs> What are we talking about? Six TOs tonight, turnovers? What was your um, burning point? Okay, so, like, you're absolutely right. The the two-play 70-yard drive with the Dembski touchdown made it 24-13. Uh, Janarian Grant, uh, Saskatchewan goes two and out following that. They're third of the game. I think they ended up with, with five. Um, Janarian Grant recovers his own fumble. That was dodging catastrophe, I, I yeah. think, at that point, because it was only an 11-point game. Uh, yeah pretty early still in, in the, uh, in the fourth quarter, then it's incompletion to shown. And then a 64 yard, the, the, the highlight reel, probably the highlight of the, of the game, the, the shown 64 yard touchdown that made it 31, 13. Those are definitely, uh, points that were, were the burning point tonight. I'm going to give a, uh, honorable mention to the next defensive possession for the Blue Bombers. Kean Schaefer-Baker has his 52-yard catch that flips the field and sets the riders up to get back into the football game. Uh, Fajardo runs for four, throws an incompletion to Kean Schaefer-Baker. That would have been an easy touchdown. That mm. duck of a short throw to the flats uh, blew it. Mm-hmm. And it ended up being a turnover on downs one play later. Um, 
And uh, from there, Saskatchewan was dead to rights, in my opinion. So yeah. that, that's my bonfire burning point. I'm just going to change it up a little bit from, you're right. The obvious is correct. Those two touchdown drives um, to make it 24-13 and 31-13, uh, no doubt the, the burning point tonight. I'm excited but, but, to get into the happy honker. Yeah, but but just to, to, to make the point again, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the fact that Saskatchewan was moving the ball sometimes at will, Darren, especially in the third quarter, and just couldn't punch it in more than once. I mean, that's just the that's the bomber defense. That's the dark side, right? You you get all those stops. There were so many potential burning points even in the second quarter with those uh, turnovers, but the bombers couldn't seem to to cash in on those like they usually do. But uh, I mean, the credit to the defense as we talked about before. Anyway, happy honker. Yes. So I'm going to give my happy honker to the official who who calls in Cree. I understand TSN was saying that it was in Ojibwe. My understanding from the CFL stats crew that was in the press box is that they were calling those um, uh, in Cree. The, um, the, um, uh, sorry, the, uh, the anthem was in Ojibwe, but I'm I'm told that uh, uh, that was in Cree. You're happy honker? No, that was super cool, and and I talked about this last time that, um, you know, Justice Murray Sinclair went last year when when some of the signs were in I think Ojibwe or Cree, um, he was brought to tears, and and he said, you know, I never thought I would see this, and and you saw T-shirts in Indigenous languages, and and yeah, um, just just incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, the way the bombers honored that, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think that was, you know, even if they'd lost the game, what a what a beautiful, um, what a beautiful game in terms of honoring our indigenous peoples. Um, truth and reconciliation game. The only other thing I'll say is there was a guy dressed as a shark who won fan of the game. That was incredible. I don't know if it was a guy or a girl, but uh, yeah, that was incredible. And and then uh, Tatum Lee, who's one of she lives in Saskatchewan, drives six hours to the to the games. She had a Saskatchewan sweater. <laughs> and the crowd just went. That was super I'll quickly do my game ball and we'll get out of here because uh, uh, Matt Matt Neal, great comment from Matt Neal is watching live on YouTube. What's going on, Matt? Uh, clinching a home playoff game. Uh, at a sold out IG field on a beautiful Friday night. Absolutely. That's a happy honker in itself. Yeah. Sold out crowd, you know, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. You, I, I know you've got like 17 game balls to give out as you always do. <laughs> no, so get, l- let, let's do it. No, I'm going to give out one and it's going to go to Dalton shown. I mean, just, ju- just to, just to bring the crowd I mean, Zach Kalaros, obviously, he always gets one of my game balls. He's like a heat-seeking missile. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, Dalton Schoen's 62-yard catch. I mean, that was a thing of beauty. Like, I haven't seen a catch like that from a bomber receiver. Kenny Lawler had some highlight reel ones, but that was incredible. Um, and I just think shown is, is a revelation that I know it sounds similar to Strevelation, but that's my name for him. That's my name. He's a revelation. This guy's a rookie. He now has the most touchdowns by a bomber rookie. He surpassed, a, a deceased astronaut, Neil Armstrong, who had 10, <laughs> I say that just a little bit. Um, 
and yeah, it, it's just uh, this guy. I mean, I I'll don't. Just, I'll I just don't, add a note. I'll just add a note for for you there. So his uh, eleven hundred thirteen yards uh, this season is a rookie record, uh, or sorry, uh, and also has a rookie record eleven touchdowns. Well, yeah, the, the eleven uh, touchdowns for a rookie in Blue Bombers history behind Perry Tuttle. Rombie Bryant, Chris Matthews, and James Murphy. Uh, so to become the all-time rookie leader in receiving yards, he needs 261 yards to pass Perry Tuttle for wow. that. Wow, in three games. Interesting. Yeah, that, I didn't realize he was that high up there too. That's super cool. But yeah, the, the touchdowns, I mean, he he's the new Jake Wenicke, but he's much better. You know, TD Jake, they called him last year. Right. But uh, right. Yeah, Dal- Dalton's shown has just been a revelation. And, uh, you know, people aren't even talking about Ellingson too much right now, although I think they'll get Ellingson back. He-, he looked to be jumping around on the sideline. He was so excited for Schoen. Absolutely. Uh, you- so you just have the one game ball? Well, I have a couple other secondary game balls. You know, Zach Kolaris always gets one of my game balls, buddy, because he's – I love it. I love me sub Zach Caleros. He could have 14 completions and throws 296, four touchdowns, 25% of his drives end in, in, in touchdowns. I mean, he's, uh, uh, he's just, he's, he's just a walking bazooka. Like he just, he doesn't need much of a wind up Darren. He's facing all kinds of kinds of pressure in the pocket and he just slings it, man. He's always looking for the deeper receiver, always looking for the kill shot. I just love this guy. Yeah, but yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll keep it there. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I have a few. I have a few. I'm gonna give a game ball to Mike O'Shea for his outstanding challenge. Yeah, in the first half, that <laughs> wasn't the first half, wasn't it? Uh, I thought it was the second half, but I, I, I'll have to look back. Uh, no, it was in the first half. Yeah, second quarter. Um, I'm going to give a game ball to Nick Dembski, who has five touchdowns against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this season and his second two-touchdown game Mm -hmm. is lighting it up and uh, broke 3,000 career uh, receiving yards uh, today as well. Um, Mark Leggio definitely deserves a game ball tonight for the tackle, for the outstanding punting, despite some penalties by his teammates that, uh, um, you know, negated a, a lot of that. There's there's so much more we can say. We'll, we'll hit it on. Uh, we are doing Tuesday, right? We're doing uh, Tuesday for Bombers Midweek, so uh, Bonfire Midweek. So stay tuned, folks. Sounds good to me. Well, hey, okay. we're going to wrap it there. Appreciate yeah, everybody buddy. Uh, joining us. And uh, yeah, you mentioned it. Bonfire Midweek, Tuesday at 7.30. So just for the one night, because the, the Winnipeg Jets do play uh, on Wednesday uh, this coming week. And then, of course, Chris Welby will join me for pregame coverage, as we always do um, the day before the game. We're probably going to have to move uh, the timing around, but we will uh, figure that out next Friday as the Bombers uh, host the Edmonton Elks on Saturday at IG Field. Uh, sure hope it's a, a similar atmosphere uh, to what we saw tonight, Zach. Uh, what a special night at the ballpark. Yeah, absolutely, for multiple reasons. So uh, absolutely great. Great night, and thank you, Fire Starters. Uh, love it. Love you all, and uh, f- fun night. Fun night at uh, the Madhouse on Matheson, as you say, Darren. I love that nickname. Okay, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us on Game Day After Dark. Night, night.